Hi, I'm Danielle Radoichin, and thank you for joining me on this episode. Today I'm in talks with the American artist Scott Covert, whose iconic paintings of celebrity graves have become a life's journey. Scott grew up in New Jersey, New York in the 50s, and then spent time as an actor before finding his calling as an artist and denizen of the vibrant New York art, fashion and nightlife scene of the 1980s. Now he has his first ever solo show at Studio Voltaire in South London, where I went to meet him to talk about life on the road and being a survivor. I like London. I really do like London. What do you like about it? The people. They're so polite. Have you been here a lot in the past? I was here in like 1980. I was living here. In WC1 somewhere. And, um, oh, I was here to go to Belfast. And there was a, um, I forget the name of the, it was a BOIC. It's a British Airways that has the diamond flights because it was inland. Right. And every morning, I would, it was like we were punks at that um, Every morning I wake up and have a hangover. It's like, I just can't go today. I just can't go today. And I'll go tomorrow. And then I did that like three, two nights, two mornings. I just didn't go. And the third morning I woke up and I said, I'll go. I'll get up. I didn't want to go, but I'll go. Because I could go the next day too. It was, it was that part of the week where it was cheaper. And um, I went and I came back. And the next day the plane crashed. <gasps> and everybody in the smoking section lived. So I could have been alive. <laughs> oh my God. God, those were the days, right? Why were you going to Ireland? Bobby Sands it was in Belfast, the Milltown Cemetery. So you travel around. First of all, I wanted to ask you about the title of this show here, C'est la vie. Is, did you, is that the title of your choosing and is there some like dark, ironic humour going on there? I always like C'est la vie. Um, I always use the name The Dead Supreme for my shows because it's all about The Dead Supreme. But um, my friend Stella had a baby and I taught him how to say, he's like, 18 months old, and I'll go, Celina. I don't know how to do it. I thought, that's a good name for a show. This is life. You know, and that was life, or something like that. So, um, so you, your work features a technique called grave rubbing. So, for this podcast, can you talk about the technique and what it involves? What I do is I create a printing press, and I have to sneak into these cemeteries. Um, I make a printing press in the middle of the cemetery. I put the canvas right on the stone, and I, with pressure, I get it with an oil stick onto the canvas. And my paintings, I think of them as abstract work that I wanted to incorporate modern technology into the process. I wanted to be a 20th, first century painter. And so I thought, well, if I use famous people, they will know that I had to go to Switzerland for Chanel. I had to go to Barcelona for Balenciaga. I have to go to Sky Island for Alexander McQueen. I have to go to Paris for Oscar Wilde. I, you know, you get it. You see that I have to travel. So you see these great big things of color, like in the show. I have, so the travel becomes part of the it is, work. Yeah, it's, it's part very of the much work. part of It's my whole life. Mm. And I'm really dedicated. I just, this is what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm old, you know. I've done a lot that I don't need to do again, like have a relationship or anything. Like, you know, I just like, I'm fine. Let me just go make my, get my car and drive. 
can talk a bit about your so there's a kind of love of celebrity here what you, you say so you love you know, the, the celebrities you just said are an important part of it the person's got to be because you know the location if I yeah. used any Tom Dick or yeah. Harry you could think he just went to one cemetery and did it but if I use Groucho Marx that's a certain area of Los Angeles opposed to Rita Hayworth in Culver City so I had to use a car to get from one to the other so that's a part of making the painting. I love it when I have to use jets and I go to Moscow or I would, uh, you know, I well, want to... Well, tell me some of, tell me a story of like what's sort of kind of really memorable. I mean, they must, I'm sure because they're such famous people, so many of them are memorable, but what's one that particularly sticks in your mind? I don't know, they all do. Um, is, was it the flower, the first grave I went to, I went to the Dead Supreme. I uh, I wanted to go to Florence's grave and I went to her grave and I put a piece of paper on and when I did that I did a, I wanted to do a grave up and then I went to Florence's grave and when I did it it moved so I had to just it was gonna I ruined it but I only had so many pieces of paper so I got another color and I did it with another color so I thought oh this is a really good drawing. Do you so, often do more than one? You do several. It's a printing press. The printing press. I like the way that they, some of them look, you can see that now that you explain they move. When I see the images in the, in, in the show next door, you can see that some of them have got a slightly like, almost like a blurred photo, photographic quality, which adds this nice patina to it. Right. Depth, I always... Yeah, depth, yeah. Gives it depth. And I like it to have many different I guess it's textures, you know, it's I, like I this group of like, painting is, and then there's yeah. this new stuff on top of it. Yeah. Do you sometimes reuse things then? Because like I saw those some, two, those, some of those paintings, which I just consider to finish now, I started in 96, 1996. Is that why some of them have got more than one name on yeah, them? Yeah, because right, I right. keep on traveling. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, did you see what I have here? I have like six suitcases. Oh, there. no, I didn't see <laughs> I, I got like, nuts. I'm going to Europe. I probably... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and it, was a, it was like, a, I read, a, I was reading about this technique of grave rubbing and it was like an originally a Victorian yeah. thing, right? Yeah, I learned in the United States, we did it in the colonial, I grew up in New Jersey. It was a colonial thing, so it was all those colonial graves, so we would do it. Oh, you did it at school? Oh, yeah, like in sixth grade, I did it. And, um, what, um, back. there's a kind of, so there's a sort of slightly punk element to what you do. Is it like legal? Are you allowed to do it? No, 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 no. I, I can't get in trouble for doing it, but the cemeteries can get in trouble for letting me do it. So, what are the rules around it? How, so, what happens? You rock up I, in a grave. I, I, I was just at Amy Winehouse. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. And um, I was just at Amy Winehouse, and when we were there, uh, this, the groundskeeper was coming by, and um, he says, are, are you meant to do that? <laughs> and I thought, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't say anything he else? He thought that the, I was doing it for the family or something. And like 45 minutes later, he came back, and I brought nine pieces with me because I had to carry it all. I didn't have a car. and um, That was in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, it's always in broad daylight. And he kicked me out. Because they close at night. Yeah, yeah they close at 3.45, this one. And um, they 
he kicked me out. I had to leave, but I finished it. So, so why did he kick you out? Because he thought you were because it was because it was closing because time. I'm disrespectful. I think I'm disrespectful. Okay. And I'm not disrespectful. And I, I made the grave look better, you know, because people were just throwing things down. I don't take anything away, but I rearrange it because I have to move it to do the work sometimes. So I always make it look better. I saw you not went, better, but my way. It's nice. Yeah. I saw you went to William Blake. Blake. That was a nice grave to yeah. go to. A little cold. A little cold, so I have a hard time. But that's, his gravestone is in the middle of... It's not in a cemetery anymore. No, right? it is in a cemetery. It? It's that... I don't know the name of it, but... Okay. I it's up it, but near Old Street Station. Oh, right. Okay. It's in that area. How do you find out about these things and where... Do you just Google it now? No, so now it's... Back in the day, you would have had to have gone... You know, some proper research. A, people like to hear this story when I was... Um, I would go spend the day at the New York Public Library, which is a beautiful place to spend the day, and I would um, find out the funeral homes, do all the obituaries and find out the funeral homes. And then I would call the funeral homes and tell people I was Liza Minnelli's assistant. <laughs> why was that, why is that going to work? <laughs> because they get excited, they're, like, you know, they're, they're working with Liza. And, <laughs> but I would say it, because I'd be at somebody's house. Um, Assistant with a Z. I mean, I'm easy. <laughs> <laughs> have you done Judy Garland's? Oh, you oh, have yeah. done Judy Garland. She's in the show. Yeah, I did, I did old Judy, and then they moved her to the, from New York City, where Frank Sinatra brought her grave. Said, "Here, Liza, get your mother a grave." Um, went to they brought her to Hollywood forever. That it's like a zoo almost. It was an old, beautiful cemetery in Hollywood, and somebody bought it for a quarter of a million dollars. Who bought it? A, a, a funeral company. Oh, right. So they, they've turned it, you know, it's all movie stars now. Yeah. So in one great big area, there's a wall, and it's Judy, and there's some empty spaces, probably Liza, Lorna, Joey. And, um, but all around it are these glass for the columbarium. It's in a room, a major columbarium room. And you can have your ashes in the same room as Judy for $150,000. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's weird. Weird. They're just making the money. <laughs> big upper. They, and I think they give stars a really big, give it for free so they can And get are that. there like tourist... Uh -huh. like I, I'm sure they'll be, yeah. you'll be paying to go in there soon. I mean, since we're talking about, I remember when I went. That's where Dee Dee Ramone is. Okay. And Johnny Ramone and Hollywood Lawn. A lot of people there in that cemetery, but the important ones, Holly is in there. Hollywood Lawn. Yeah. So that's f from. Well, did you know Holly? Yeah, I do. I used to yeah. plays with her in New York after her superstar days with Warhol. You know, she still lived. Yeah. And um, Scott Whitman and Mark Shaman, they did that show here, Chocolate Factory, Willy mm -hmm. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. They have, um, they did Hairspray. Well, back in the Club 57 days, we were doing small little plays and Holly would be Because you wanted to be an actor originally. I was. You, I, were, I, I, you were an actor. I was an actor. So hang on, you, you, went, you grew up in Edison, New Jersey. Ran away from home. Like big city. Why did you run away? I wasn't fun there. I'm old. It was back in the '60s. They <laughs> okay. weren't nice to faggots. So, so New York, and decided you wanted to become an actor, and you got involved in the theatre scene there. In San Francisco, I started. I went. 
I was I ran away from, I was lived in New York City my I had a, a, the relationship worked out with my family um, but I had an apartment in New York City I was lived 35 minutes from the city and, uh, and just over the bridge um, I, I, I let a I wrote about it in Ursula magazine. I led a wildlife. All I did was go out dancing every night, you know, from punk. I worked at CBGB, selling Budweiser's in the back. Oh my God. That and must have been. Tom Verlaine. We all, the whole New York City is crying for Tom Verlaine right now. I was talking to Kate Simon, the photographer. Oh my God. Oh my God. Tom Verlaine died. You know, it was it, it was a big thing in the city. Um, I didn't know her and Patty, him and Patty Smith were lovers. Were they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were lovers. Um, before. Did you know Patty? Not really. I've met Patty, mm. but I don't know her really. Mm. I would like to know her. She, she was a big influence on me. Um, but, you know, I don't worry about things like that. If, if yeah. our paths shall cross. Yeah. You know, she's in a cemetery somewhere in Delaware and I run into her, it'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, dead or alive? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to live. I wanted her to live, yeah. Um, okay, so and so it must have been, was it? I was, didn't finish the story. Yeah, no, tell the story, because it sounds amazing. Story? So you moved over to, you went to New York, you're working at CBGB's. Like, uh, all kinds of places. Was, all over. We had okay. OVD Club 57. It was a church basement. We did something every night. And, and was, this, was this theatre? Yeah, this, yeah. well, the, we did everything. Keith Haring came out of there. Jean-Michel hung out there. Um, Kenny Scharf, the painter. Every night was a different night. Keith would show his paintings. So we did um, plays. The guys who became Hairspray. We would do these plays. And Holly and I would work to, you know, she was part of it. And it was actually a lot of fun. It was like community theater. We could sell drinks because we were in a church basement. So we were with a church youth group. So we could sell drinks for a dollar. This is 1977, 78. You know, this is back then. So this is way after she'd been dropped by Warhol. What? Oh, she wasn't dropped. They just no. weren't making movies anymore. Okay. She, I mean, they all had their issues, but you know what? He did them well. Yeah. I got Valerie Solanas. Did you see that? In the, um, I did, actually. Yeah. I yeah, where's she buried? In Maryland. Okay. The, in the churchyard cemetery. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was cute. When did you do that? Did you do that? Like, like in the last two years. Oh right, like two really years ago. Yeah, yeah. Bad, yeah. So she what just was? Died. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, right. What was? Um, tell me, what was Holly like? Crazy Latina. She was just a lot, lot of fun, serious, but you know, red wine. You know, it was fun with her. I would visit her when she moved to LA. I was I'm, I escaped to New York and I was living in California for ten years, which was a lot of fun, you know, for me yeah. because it was all cemeteries; they're all there. So, talk a bit about how you first. Is there a story with Cookie Muller and getting into how she told you to? So, oh, so when I went to the Dead Supreme and I did Flo's grave, you know, the um, with the mix-up, I showed it to Cookie, but I think I went to Billie Holiday first before I showed it to her because. And um, she said, you got to quit acting. This is what you got to do. you got to focus on this one. How did you meet Cookie? Just to, you know, she was in those movies and we'd all be in nightclubs so I knew who she was. And then I had good drugs. I had good drugs. I'm trying to get a good sense of what it was like being alive there then. It's like I'm getting this vicarious. It was just, everybody was just friends hanging out. There was only 
a small group of people in New York at that time. You know, now it's, you know, it's on television, but back then... So who were your closest pals? Cookie? Andy Cookie. Reese, the manager, and Magnuson, Club 57, Frank Holliday, the painter, um, Cookie, Renee Ricard, Eddie Diak was a friend of mine. And I ran around with fashion people. Yeah, you tell me about the fashion people. There's Saskia Angers, Saskia Kelderman. Oh, okay. She was. Who that is? Uh, she was a. Uh, she was incredible. She was a, a fashion editor. She started working for. Um, who was that lady? It would be so crazy at Vogue. And um, then once. Was it Carrie Donovan at Vogue? No, before Carrie Donovan. Diana Breland. No, 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 no. My first boyfriend worked. For Diana Freeland. Oh, right. Who was your first boyfriend? Richard Hartenstein. He was a makeup artist. And oh, wow. he came from Pennsylvania. His father owned a mortician. And so he came with makeup of dead people. Okay. And he's went to do <laughs> shit with <laughs> Diana Freeland. She said, you're hired. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was all the dead faces <laughs> that he did. <laughs> he didn't want to go back into funeral homes. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. New Freedom, Pennsylvania, he was from. But what were we talking about? Fashion, fashion people fashion. were hanging at Club 57. I got Gia. Oh, Nancy Spongeon, I knew. Really? Yeah. Junkies. Um. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> I'm sober 26 years. I'm spotting a theme here, yeah, okay. Gia, so when she... Oh, that was a sad story, yeah. yeah Nancy, was, but you know what's really weird? I knew them both. They were both heroin addicts. And they're buried 50 minutes away from each other. In New York? In Pennsylvania. Oh, right. They're both in Pennsylvania. They did that Alex Cox film. They made her seem stupid. She was much smarter than what... She was rough, but... Who was she? Sid and Nancy. Oh, yeah, sorry. What what did you just say, Alex? Alex Cox, the filmmaker, did... Oh, I see, the filmmaker, sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't know. They made her seem stupid. She wasn't stupid, you know? No, she's always portrayed as this evil villainess who kind she of led She had a great sense of humor. Astray. She had a great yeah. sense of humor, and she was very sarcastic, and she used many, many references that she had to be raised in the United States because it was our cartoons and or whatever shows we grew up with or things. You know, our, she was really sarcastic, which we were all at that point, Club 57, Anne Magnus, and we, we interpreted things from the past. So was heroin really time. the drug then? But people, was it not more? Oh, I think it always has been. Really? Was but it was much it, better it then on, than it yeah. is now. So, um, how did you get out? Like, I moved to California. I did a geographical. I said, I can't do this. Oh, I started smoking crack, and that's what fucked me up. When you're still in New York? <laughs> yeah. God, how this did you is, stop? I moved did to California and started smoking pot. I started smoking a lot of pot, which I never did. And so, do you feel like a survivor? I am a survivor. Yeah. I've I lived through AIDS in New York City and never yeah. got it. I was so insane. I mean, every morning, I mean, I was just mentioned to somebody the last time I saw Klausenomi. He was wearing a hoodie and there was all Klaus these. Yeah, yeah, he had all these scars. The, the sarcomas were all over his face and we just looked at each other and cried. We didn't say a word. We didn't. It just. It was right by 1 Fifth Avenue on 8th Street. We just like. And we went on and went. It got to that. Every morning you look to see if you had it. The paranoia. And, and then, so why not do heroin? Why not yeah, get it real? Yeah. I'm going to die any day yeah. now. It's going to happen to me. And that's what happened to me <laughs> with the drugs. 
It's amazing that you managed to get out and move and... I'm a survivor, I really... Um, and did you keep friends from that time or was it just a clean... Most of them are dead. Honestly, Frank Holiday's alive. I mean, no, Robert Hawkins is alive. I mean, there's, of course, but it just seems like everybody died. But I do have, yeah, I have friends from back then that I'm not talking to for other reasons. Okay, okay, <laughs> Um And so do you feel nostalgic for that time? Do you get misty-eyed? Are you a nostalgic person? Or no, 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 I don't even think about it. I mean, it's, I'm sick of talking about it. <laughs> you know, it's just I mean, everyone else that wants to look at it. I just, I'm, I like now. Is I was I'm watching, talking. weirdly, I was watching Todd Haynes's Velvet Underground documentary last night, which I hadn't seen yet, about the Velvet Underground. Um, Nico Spirit in Germany. I would see her, but I, she, was, she was older than me. And, and at that point, I really wasn't hanging out downtown. It was more around the deuce, 42nd, you know. That kind of stuff, having my life that way. But then we come downtown, and I was introduced to the, you know, found myself in the downtown. I was always going to nightclubs, too. You meet people in nightclubs. Le Jardin was a great one back in the 70s. A sanctuary. It was good clubs. They're all gone. And it was, it was a smaller group of people. You know, now it's just everywhere. Well, um, and so and, and so since uh, you moved out west, and then since then you've kept working and traveling. Oh, I went through nine eleven out there. I went through um, the two hundred eight, the two thousand eight collapse out there. Mm-hmm. I had a great apartment in Beverly Hills, and I lost it because of that. You know that because of the crisis. the remortgaging yeah, that, thing. Yeah, where were you? Where did you live? Beverly in the flats of Beverly Hills, oh, three blocks behind the Peninsula Hotel. I had a Three-bedroom apartment, two-car garage, living room, dining room, kitchen for twenty-four hundred a month. It was like nice. it was, yeah, it was good. And in that same complex of four apartments, the back apartment where Leslie lived is where um, we were always told. I don't, I wasn't there. Well, it was Loretta Young's building. I was on Young Drive. It was Loretta Young's building, and the trees that she talks about, the fruit trees that she talked about that she planted in one of her autobiographies would be up in the backs, which was always fun for me. So are you captive? Do you love the romance of Hollywood? What is that? Do you love the romance of I like Hollywood the old days. And, so, you know, yeah. you show me a Betty Davis clip or, you know, I, I don't care for the new... I don't go to the movies. I don't, I don't know how to operate those machines <laughs> you know, that you have at home now. So you're not, net, net, not Netflix streaming? No, I don't. I did see some of those shows, I, but... You know, I have to watch it and watch it to the end. I wait Where do you live now? I guess New York, Harlem. I have <laughs> your suitcases that I have. Because when I spoke to Megan, who is looking after the press for your show, and I said, oh, how long is Scott staying? And she said, oh, indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little cold, but I have friends in Fleury outside of Paris that I can go stay with, and I have all this luggage. I don't know, I was coming to Europe, I packed too much. Pelachaise is a great cemetery. It must it be is, great for. Yeah, it's not my favorite in Paris, but yeah. Oh, what's a better one in? Paris? I like Montmartre. Okay. I like Montmartre, but now I want to. I, you know, we went up to Rambaud, we went to Scaparelli, we, you know, we went to some really good ones in northern France, and. So do you plan trips around cemetery, around graves? Or I have an idea around? where I'm going. I have an idea where I'm going, mm-hmm. and um, I want to 
go up to Poland, and I can't think of his name, but the one Polish guy that was killed by the Manson family. Um, it begins with an F. So I'm seeing who's along the way, what's there. He's the, he's the he's final... The, he's the goal mm-hmm. to get him. So I have all the Manson... I have everybody murdered by the Nansons with, the, with the cast for The Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> um, so I want to get him. I want, that's, uh, Jonas Mikas is maybe may along the way. And of course, there's, you know, the, that Polish general that mine slips, it slips my mind. I'm old. But you'll have one, per- one endpoint in mind and then build yeah. other graves around it. Yeah, and I'll find out who's in Poland mm. and who these people are, who are the local entertainers that I wouldn't know who they are, but are important to people in Poland. So I'm, I get paintings all over Poland. So mm. I will have paintings that are just, you know, murdered by the Mansons, or I'll, have, I'll put them on things that I want. It's north of Warsaw, Poland on the canvas. And then I see what it looks like. So I know if I'm getting a color field, because it's engraved and it's big like Blake, or if it's a little tiny thing, or yeah, those little tiny things. I'm, I'm looking for those, but the, he's a big thing. And then the reliefs, the ones that come out that really capture the color, like Khrushchev. Do you take commissions? I people, I like like I, my my father loves this one. Would you put my father on here? I do it like that, or I just do, you know, names for you know. Just one name for the family, and I do my draw, my my squares around it, which takes around 40, 50 hours. So cool! Thanks, Scott. It was fun talking to you. I enjoyed it. You'll, I hope it wasn't too boring for you to have to relive. No, I, we talked about other things. We, we talked <laughs> about other things, and we came to different, the same things in a different way. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to In Talks With, with me, Danielle Rodeutchen. The sound and theme music is by Woolby Productions and the artwork is by Patrick Wall. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it on to someone who you think might also like it. Please subscribe and leave a review. To pitch for guest ideas, you can DM me via my socials at Danielle Rodeutchen. Thanks for listening.